You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. Live from the stamp show here today, yada, yada, yada. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Jim. This This is Robert. This is Scott. And a shout-out to uh, Richard Y. in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. Thank you very much. We have a lot of patrons who, uh, you know, they send in their $10 to join the club. And Richard has consistently sent us more than that, and we very much appreciate it. Uh, It helps with our expenses. So uh, getting right into it quickly, Mark, what crossed your desk? Well, actually, I had a submission. I submitted an R14C revenue with a gorgeous sucked on the nose cancel uh, very well centered stamp and I thought man this is a great looking stamp you know and uh, I came back with a fake cancel (laughs) and uh, I didn't even look at it myself before I submitted it and the cancel has been laser printed onto the stamp. <laughs> yeah, we brought this up in the. Uh, you missed that uh, meeting, but we ha- or was it? Were you at the that expert? Oh, meeting? I was at that meeting. Oh, yes. Okay, it, because the same thing occurred with a German stamp. Our German expert approved a overprint, but then we looked at it, and all of a sudden, it's like really pixelated. It was like you know, in uh, World War Two Germany. They didn't have laser printers. <laughs> How do you tell a laser printer, by the way? Why don't you tell everybody? Well, you can you can tell when you when you put the ten power loop on it. You can actually see the the pixelized dots from the uh, uh, from the printer. Uh, it's not in the in the uh, letters and, and numbers themselves, but it's around where um, where it uh, it fades out into the background. Um, the um, the laser printer approximates that uh, fading by putting in dots. Yep, and so that's how you can see it. So, uh, and it's an impressive looking cancel, but it's not a rare cancel. It's not anything that would really make it like a different price. It's just well, it, it's not an unusual uh, or rare stamp. But hand cancels are premium items on all of the first issue revenues, and so you know you, you take either. An uncanceled stamp or a cancel that's had or a stamp that's had the the manuscript cancel removed, and you add that on there, and suddenly it goes from maybe being a dollar stamp to being five or ten dollars, depending on how beautiful it looks. Well, that is a pretty beautiful stamp. So yeah, and, it, it and looks gorgeous. For, but it, it for would, the cost of running it through your printer, I mean, it it makes it's one of the easiest fake things that you can do to to try and enhance a stamp but i mean it's it's still fake yeah 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 i mean they took they took an uncanceled um no gun stamp and and put this thing on it it's the first time i've seen it on a revenue stamp i've seen them on covers and and other things oh yeah that's the first time i've seen it on a revenue stamp specifically well the uh pan-american inverts are typically made with laser printers yeah you Sometimes. sand off the middle or you remove the middle and then you run it through a laser printer and just print a train or a boat or whatever it is right on top of where the blank spot is. Yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a train on, a, on an inverted four cent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, the best inverted Jennies, and Scott will remember this one. It came, uh, it came to us before we moved to uh, Nevada when we were in uh, Santa Ana. It came from China, 
a C3A, and it was just gorgeous. It was very, very well done. It was excellent, excellent done, but it, it didn't have any of the hallmarks of being a C3A like the well, number on the, the back. The other thing is it was on the wrong paper. Yeah, but it looked fantastic. But the, the ink color matching and and the, the printing was outstanding. And if they'd gotten the paper right, it would have been a uh, a really tough sell, but because the printer, the paper was just so wrong, yeah, wasn't even close. Well, it could have been from like a second sheet that nobody knew about. Well, I've got <laughs> I've got three or four used inverted Jennies. Oh, winters, and, and it's the same thing. And these came out of Germany in yep. the in the forties, I guess. Yep, and. Uh, I mean, the cancels look great, the colors look great, but the paper's just not right. And none of them were used. They're all used. Well, no, the ones he had. Oh, yeah, the no, ones I had yeah. were used. Yeah. C3As. No, no. The genuine ones have yeah. not been used. Unless, unless you saw the movie Brewster's Million. Right, where he mailed, right. Where he mailed, <laughs> mailed it. Well, they probably did the same thing in... Um, and he didn't mail it to himself, he mailed it to his lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sell that off. So, Jim, what crossed your desk? Well, we had um, I had a uh, a stamp that was submitted as a two eleven D, and um, so what is that? The five dollar? Uh, yeah. No, it, it, it's the two cent. It's a two cent printing. brown. Yeah, it, well, tell people what it two, is. Two cent brown banknote special printing. That's the two eleven. Th- did I say two eleven? Yeah, two eleven is a four cent. Yeah, no, 211D is the D. special printing of the two cent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was submitted as a 211D. No, it's a I special hate, printing of the four cent. I, uh, I thought it was submitted as a 211B. B? I thought the B was a special printing. Yep. One of them is. The three, it, that's the two yeah. cent special printing. That's why I hate. That's why he I said hate Z. Z. He said D. You did say D. I did. Oh. It's B. But it's, oh, it's B. But it, I just signed on it, so it was submitted as a 211B. Right. And anyway, the, I'm not. I'm not even going to edit this. I'm going to let everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let everybody hear this. This is this is the trouble you have when you're doing it from memory with it not right in front of you. <laughs> anyway, so it's it was submitted as a special printing. Uh, the basic difference between the 210 and the 211B is the cross hatching goes all the way down um, below the chin of George Washington. Doesn't on the on the reprint. Or on the special printing, and this one was clearly not a 211B. It was a 210. Mm. It was also used. It was used, which, uh, yeah, and and it was like the perfs were damaged and I, short perfs. I see these so all the was, time. Yeah, they actually, nobody has sent me a 211B, but I get the uh, five cent Garfield. Everybody in the who isn't a stamp collector, huge numbers of people who are not stamp collectors, uh, send me this one, and it's like uh, that, you know, no, no, it was never used, and yours is used. Yeah, and I can see why it might have been confusing to whoever submitted it because there is cross hatching there, um, you know, uh, basically chin up, but in the in the um, oval the. What would you call that? The cameo oval? The cameo oval. Uh, of George Washington. Below the chin, 
mm-hmm. definitely has to have cross hatching. Yes. And we've I've seen them before. I don't own one, but I've seen them before, and um, it was really an easy tell. But I just thought it was interesting that because the art, the, whoever submitted it submitted it with a detailed description of the 211B that clearly stated what it was supposed to look like, and it just didn't look like that. Yeah, that's fun sometimes, and Scott will vouch for this, where we get a stamp, and the person is telling us, you know, hey, this is why this is it, and we look at it and go, yeah, you're not even a stamp collector. You <laughs> you downloaded this from a YouTube somewhere. <laughs> but the, there are some early early printings of 210 that are very convincing. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. they're so clean and, and fresh-looking and sharp. And, of course, 211Bs are always very sharp. Also, the so, color is uh, more brown. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. deeper yeah, brown. Yeah, it's way subtle. Yeah. 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 So I defer to Albert to explain his comment when he looked at the stamp. It just didn't match what I, what I remember. I, I have a reference copy, so I can cheat. <laughs> <laughs> As do I. I, I, bought, I bought one years ago and had it certified at the PF, specifically so that I could tell what a real one was from, from, a, fake, from yeah. a fake one. And the copy I bought was also signed by somebody I respected, so that helped. So it was easier for, it was easier for me to, uh, to kind of just... Um, and also the this, this stamp that was submitted, they had, they had scissor cut the perforations on the left and right hand sides and then kind of picked them out with a pair of tongs. And I said, well, that's a good question whether we, both sides are called reperfed or we call one side just scissor cut and the other side reperfed. I called them reperfed, but yeah. They were definitely tampered with. They were, uh, it was in, 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 in what one would call an inelegant job. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of, it was humorous. I mean, when we get something like that and it's just so obviously it isn't the item, it's like, okay. But I was surprised to have the documentation sent in with it. And I'm going, then you should have understood what you're looking at. <laughs> well, I think, and I bring it up because I think for, the average collector out there like me um, five years ago collecting U.S. stamps. I really was, I knew U.S. stamps a little bit, but, you know, not the in and outs. And I could get fooled on those kinds of things because I didn't know exactly from the Scott description what designated it. Oh, if you're looking for special printings, you are not a beginning collector. Well, yeah. If you're a beginning collector, you're doomed to failure. <laughs> you, you need to be a more advanced collector and uh, or an in- intermediate um, because the subtleties, you have to understand the subtleties of stamp printing. I was going to say, though, that you know most collectors, that's why we get the um, common stamps submitted as the 596, yeah. is that they think they've got the real rare one. And you, you can't always tell... By the description in the catalog, you have to have uh, other references to look at. And like Albert said, somebody had submitted this with a detailed diagram and explanation of what the special printing looked like, and it didn't look like that. So you'd think they would have spotted that. Anyway. So, Albert, since you're talking, we'll cross your desk. Well, somebody submitted a a 90-cent banknote as a 155, the national, the 1878 national printing, and the stamp had gum on it. And uh, so 
I looked at it. I looked at it at quite some length because it had um, it looked the gum originally looked like it might be OG, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't a 155. It was a 191. It was the American Banknote Company softer pa soft paper issue. But more than that, it was. Uh, it had been somebody had cleverly uh, added two perforations at the top. So, be, but they weren't done so well so that it didn't hit any gauge. So I candled it and it, it showed that. And then the other thing it showed was it had a perf indent in the lower left part of it that somebody had actually filled and then regummed over it. And that was that was really clever. Mm -hmm. So I, it was a, it was an amusing stamp. Yeah, a ninety cent unused banknote is uh, worth sending to a stamp doctor. Yeah, it's it's a uh, you know it's a five to ten thousand dollars stamp if it could be if it could pass us. Yeah, well, when I looked at it, I kind of thought it was reperforated at top originally because the perforations just it didn't look. I mean, just looking at it, it didn't look like it gauged. But I had to bring I had to bring it in and put it under the UV here just to make sure. Um, that my get that because I could tell a difference in the when you candled it, but I had to put it under the the high power ultraviolet to just confirm the three of three things that I had guessed I was going to say about it. Explain, explain candling so we don't have somebody burning their stamps. Oh, uh, <laughs> simply putting a high intensity lamp between myself and and my eye and the this, the stamp, so I have it, I can actually see through the stamp and look at the density of the the stamp and the density of the paper. A lot of times you can catch you can catch repairs that way, and I saw the perforations. That that's why I figured that it had it hadn't been reperforated. It had been just in the perforation the perforations that were added just threw all the threw the gauge off, and then cash was wiped right. The stamp was squeezed within an inch of his life. Oh yeah, yeah. He, that was uh, when I dipped it. Uh, when you dip a stamp, we use Ronsonol. We use it as watermark detector, watermark fluid, and whatever. But, you know, you dip a stamp to um, detect creases and repairs and stuff like that. And normally when you drop it on it, dip, dip a stamp or drop it on it, the stamp paper just sort of soaks it up like a sponge. And you can watch as it progresses through and it just sort of goes... Well, this one, you put it in... And it, like, went into the perfs a little bit, and then it went into the design a little bit. I mean, it was really super slow. And that's because they took the fiber, they pressed it, and they pressed it to uh, make the repairs so that the repairs would stick and make them less obvious. But it just, it, it, <laughs> it absorbed the runs and all so slow that you just immediately, it's like, oh, this stamp's been pressed. There's something going on here. And as soon as it does that, you know, you go, well, some stamp doctor had been doing something here. What else did they do? So, Scott, what crossed your desk? Uh, well, rather than talk about a stamp, I'm going to talk about a book. And this is the Scott Specialized Catalog of United States Essays and Proofs. No, oh, we talked about First that edition. Last week or the week before, one or the other? I think we mentioned it, but yeah. I actually have the book in front of me today. And uh, it's, it's just a six by nine inch soft cover book. It uh, runs to a uh, little over 350 pages, or 250 pages. But um, they removed this 
list section from the classic specialized catalog uh, this year, and they've moved it to a separate uh, printed edition. And uh, supposedly they're going to start to include more of the material that has been uh, left out for so long. So, so supposedly over the next few years they're going to be adding to it and making it a much heftier book. Oh, it's already a pretty hefty book. Well, yeah, it's already a pretty hefty book. But um, So I'm not sure how much material they've added. Uh, apparently they've added some uh, this year. That So um, it is worth keeping an eye on. And if it's something an area that you're interested in, it's probably definitely worth getting every few years, at least for the first, you know, few, because, uh, uh, you, because like I said, they're, they're planning on adding a lot of material. So Now, I noticed that the pictures are pretty good. Um, yeah, what's pictures the, are really good, and they, they show a lot more of the, the listing material. There's a lot more images than were in the, ca- in the uh, classic specialized catalog. How about the print? Is the print the same size as Scott? Smaller, bigger, whatever? Because uh, they were shrinking it, the print. Yeah, it appears to be about the same size. It's it's pretty it's pretty small. So I think it's about the same size as the most recent edition of the U.S. Classic. And um, it does have pricing. It does have pricing, and like I said, there's a lot uh, more color images, and there are a lot more images. Period. Uh, in throughout the listings. And uh, especially in the essay area, and uh, so I, I think it's I think it's a good reference. Oh, I think it's a great reference. I, uh, I really like it. There, there's not so many uh, images added to the proof section uh, because most of the time they those are basically the same as the issued stamps. But the essay section is really where you need lots and lots of images. Mm-hmm. How much was it? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Mark, do you have it there? It doesn't uh, say on the book. I don't have that particular one, but the, um, like, for example, the uh, the UN catalog um, has, I go to amosadvantage.com, which is where you can buy Scott catalogs direct. Um, they have it priced at $40. Yeah. So it's probably similar. Yeah. Hold on, $40 for UN? For UN, yeah. What other what other things do they sell? Because I know they sell the pricing guide. Right, the the stamp value guide um, with the uh, with the pricing uh, by grade. Uh, they sell that for twenty dollars, so that's fairly reasonable. Um, and then the uh, the the um, identifier for definitive issues um, is actually their their best price at at fifteen dollars. So that that used to be as part of the specialized mm-hmm. catalog. They took it out some years ago. Uh, but you could buy it as a separate. That has to be just like a large pamphlet, I'd think. Yeah, yeah, it's probably only 50 pages or, or so, I'm sure. Yeah, 50 pages with big pictures. Yeah. Well, I, I can, I, I see it on eBay ranging from uh, 43 to $50. Uh, so it's probably $40, and then yeah, they charge you the extra. Yeah. Uh, let's see. From Amos Advantage, is 39.99. So, yeah, $40. Yeah. Save a penny. Let's see. IHOB has it for forty. Amazon has it for fifty-two. To clarify, since we 
swerved into the other publications. You're talking about the essays and right, the essays and proofs. proofs yeah. yeah, no, this is that's what I'm talking about. That all of those prices were for essays and proofs. Yeah, yeah what, so. what books? They have the UN. I know they broke that out. Proofs and essays because we have it in our hand. Uh, the pricing guide. I know they took out. What else did they take out? Uh, the definitives. The definitives. The, the, the identifier. Uh, the identifier. The identifier. Definitives. And is that it? For now. Oh, uh, they took out the errors. counterfeits. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Counterfeits. Well, yeah. errors they took out a long, long time yeah. ago. Yeah, errors well, they, is a separate yeah, uh, volume they, at $40. Yeah, they have a whole thing on errors of every type that you can and think the of. The counterfeits, they, they didn't completely remove the section. They, they truncated it. Basically... Anything up until through the 1980s is still in the classic. Yeah, they just the, took out the, the Canada. Or excuse me, the, the Canadian the post office. The CCP, yeah. The CCP. Yeah, the, uh, the modern, the self, all the self-adhesives that have been coming out. Of Canada. Uh, have been removed, and those are all in the new, new uh, edition. Yeah. Well, anything else? Well, we didn't ask what cross do you hoard ask, cash? Oh, well, I uh, I collect Switzerland, and so uh, I have a little card. A person brought in a Basil Dove, which is one of the most valuable stamps, one of the most iconic stamps, and they said, wow, is this real? Because this catalog is $8,000, and uh, it's on a piece. It's got a nice cancel and everything. It's tied. It looks great. Um, and it was fake and it was, it's on a card with several fakes, Switzerland, early Kentinals, fakes are fairly common, but what's interesting. And I thought this was really interesting is there were two real stamps on it (laughs) and how you determine, uh, if they're real, you can go ahead and go into Google and, uh, do a search for plating Swiss stamps and it'll give you the plates on these stamps. And these plates, all the stamps were hand engraved, which means they didn't have like a die engraved and then go and put it on a piece of metal like 40 times. They hand carved each individual stamp. So every individual stamp has differences to it. And one of the differences is like it has a shield in the middle and then it has a value, you know, 15 and, uh, but the filler area, they put like little squiggles. And those little squiggles are never consistent, you know, because the person is just doing squiggles. So you can plate these stamps very easily by matching the squiggles. Um, if it plates, it's real. If it doesn't plate, it's fake. It's that simple. And so uh, this was just interesting. People who are interested in expertizing Switzerland, I uh, do a Google search and pull up these plates. Just take a look at them and you'll see that like, you know, I'm calling them squiggles and you know, you're, you're driving right now. So you're, you're keeping your eyes on the road and you know, thinking what the hell's a squiggle, pull up the picture and it'll be pretty obvious. Anyway. So Basil Dove came out fake. He wasn't an $8,000 stamp, but very interesting story. Anything else? Then keep collecting. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. 
The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this silkom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.